think it's wrong. Like, you know, you hear those people recently saying like, oh, it's, you know, narrow mind to sit there and say a Judeo-Christian worldview is the greatest worldview there is on earth today right now. Bet. And, Bet. and that's the thing, I, I, would, I would literally say like, first of all, I don't think it's wrong to think the worldview of the culture you live in is the best, is the one that we should all do. Because you could talk to Muslims in the Middle East, they'll say, well, Sharia law is right. the way we should go. Or Hindus. Or, or Hindus. Yeah. yeah, everyone's going to have their way. So, I, and first, I, I just, so first off, I say, no, I don't think it's narrow mind for me to think that at all. I think if I look through, um, you know, the example of history, especially since Christianity is really gone, every culture with Christianity has come across, it has made the culture better. Mm-hmm. Like women had absolutely no rights at all, really. Not not saying every culture, but for the majority, right? They didn't really have a whole lot, a lot of uh, rights until you know Christianity came and like some of the stuff when the Bible was written, at least the views for women was revolutionary at the time. You know, whereas obviously now we're going to look at it and we'll say, oh, that was so, you know, patriarchal and that right. was oppressive or whatever. But if we look at the actual culture of the, of the day, it wasn't. It was actually pretty right. revolutionary. You always have to take things like that in context yeah. because if you try to look at it through like a modern lens at things like even 200 years ago, you're going to say, oh, that was oppressive. Well, it was revolutionary for the time yeah, <laughs> like yeah was like, like think about how bad it was 200 years before that like think about all the progress that they well made. that's like that's like people sit there talking like oh i think the ancients just they weren't very smart people like how because you know they believe in these gods but we know so much more now and i'm like look you know so much now because they discovered things that allowed right. you to understand the things you know now like like we don't sit there and say oh you know the 1600s they were so stupid but now we know all the stuff about space this now i'm like yeah because galileo invented the telescope like right that's yeah, you know that much now because of that reason. It's like so. Right. It's like well, we have all these great technology. I'm like yeah, because someone in Samaria back in like whatever four thousand BC invented a wheel, right? And now we have you know cars that you know how you can get around on so much faster. So to downgrade, I think the the ancients. Like actually, I will make a different argument. I think the ancients were far more intelligent than we are now. Oh, I agree. I think the difference is we might have better technology, but I think in terms of just like sheer cognitive understanding, I think they were so much more advanced than we are because they didn't have all the technology. So they had to actually really think and really understand these concepts. Like imagine like in the, in Greece when the screw was invented, like, you know, how revolutionary the simple screw was, Yeah, you know, yeah. just to, to, to draw water out faster. And now it's like, you know, screws are uh, essential in about everything we do. Mm-hmm. Like I work in a factory setting where we have like, we'll call ball screws make like extreme precision like movements with the machining that would never be possible if some dude didn't sit there like i wonder what happened if i wrapped this circle around this shaft like or and basically right. you know, and make, make the screw like it's it's insane well even about. like uh technologies that were lost like uh some of the seven wonders of the world was mm-hmm. uh what was that the hanging gardens yeah. where now granted there's some discrepancy over whether they actually existed or not but there's quite a bit of account of certain gardens that they were able to elevate um, water to be able to hydrate plants that were so many feet above the ground, which was again, revolutionary at the time and being able to like water crops and agriculture and all that kind of stuff before that people were largely nomadic. So it was the the advent of agriculture that allowed people to actually have sedentary lifestyles and farming and all that kind of stuff and then we just never went back like well kind of look at the the pyramid of giza too like they did all that investigation they found like some of these uh blocks are like 150th of an inch like apart from one another they say like mm -hmm. we couldn't get that kind of precision day unless we had like laser tools aliens 
Yeah, that's what they go for. They say, "Oh, the aliens must have done it." And I'm like, "Yo, let's 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 put a pause on the alien idea right. real quick. Let's let's just ask, what if they a have some kind of technology or some kind of um like method that we don't we don't know about got right. lost to history that was actually if we knew that now it would revolutionize how we do stuff. Right, like a laser would be obsolete. Like, wow, this is amazing. Or it's like, what's the option? What if, what if they had tools that we don't know about, understanding stuff like that? Well, Maybe, even the way or tech, just they might have technology that were far beyond the years because when civilizations collapsed, like remember yeah. the uh, the, uh, uh, the li- library library, library of Alexander yeah. that burned down. Like historians have literally sit there and said, like, who knows where we could be today if that didn't burn down? Like right. if that was still standing, we had all that information. Like that was like the accumulation of of the greatest wisdom they had at the day burnt mm-hmm. to the ground. You know? Well, even back then, as far as like, you know, uh, what, what we have today is, you know, you go to college, you learn things that now YouTube is a huge source of information and passing on of knowledge from one person to the other. But you would have to imagine back in that day of stone cutting and stone work, you did one job for your entire life and then yeah generationally so you're taking kids and from we children Mm. and you are growing them up in this one trade and they do that trade their entire lives and they themselves have interns and and uh what's the word starts with an a uh not accomplices apprentices Mm. yeah so kids that they bring up apprenticeships and all this stuff and new methods that are being incorporated that who knows what the compounding uh, effects of that kind of tradesmanship can produce mm-hmm. kind of goes in line with um, what you were talking about earlier with like, Oh, you know, they had all these gods and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They had gods for things like, you know, the, the cycles of the, of the harvest mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the, the only difference in my mind is that they, things that they didn't have a, like a conceptual intellectual knowledge of, they labeled as gods, but they knew the methods of what was going on. Yeah. Like secondhand nature. Like they knew the passing of the seasons, the stars, they could tell directions and all this other stuff. So yeah, it's like, it's, I don't like it when people denigrate the, uh, the ancients either, because it's not like they were stupid. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't stupid. They just have a different kind of intellect than we have now. Well, let's say for sake of argument, we could go a thousand years in the future and see where society is then. You know, there's this, I guess, this stance where if we could ask like people a thousand years in the future what they thought with us, they're gonna say, "Oh, those guys are stupid." They, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 like they didn't, they didn't understand the basic things of whatever they got at that can time. Can you like, believe they were still fighting over people's skin colors? Or, or they, or they're gonna say, "Can you believe they use the internet?" Like, yeah. like is that they gonna have like yeah. something else where it's like the internet's obsolete now, and you're <laughs> like, "What? What is going?" The internet on, was man? illegalized because of Twitter in 2072. Yeah. You know, it'd be an interesting thing was like, what if we went in the future and found out it was like actually like three, like we're back like. 3000 BC because actually there was a nuclear war and like <laughs> reset human history. I'm like, you know, oh. I wouldn't, I would honestly wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't I, either. I but think it's that, happened multiple times. To be actually, I would probably, you can make an argument for that. Uh, sure. And um, I think to an extent, even biblically speaking, there's accounts, obviously Noah's flood would be account where like humanity reset. Yeah. And I think it's quite interesting because if you think of it like this, let's say that did happen. We went a thousand years in the future and it's like being in 1500 BC and the guy's like trying to, you know, they have sleds that pull stuff. We're like, why don't you just use the wheel? Like, what's the wheel? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, you'd be like, wow, 
I can make history. I can be now the guy who invented the wheel. Have you guys heard <laughs> of computers? Uh, like, like, what, like, what's that? Like, you need the internet. What's the internet? It's like, oh, yeah. I don't know how to make that. No, I wouldn't bring the internet back, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. I, I really think it. that's actually been a, a real issue with our society. Because, first off, like, if you look at our grandparents or great-grandparents, their generations, the amount, how close their communities were. Mm-hmm. Like, because now people, the people used to sit on the front porch, they wave at each other. And this is stuff I'm hearing from, like, my grandparents when they were so loud. Like, they used to wave at each other. They used to, you know, walk when you just have a conversation a little bit, you know, community. If someone someone was down there, luck, the whole community gathered around them to lift right. them back up. That's just stuff we don't see anymore because, you know, let's be real. Most people, and I'm just as bad. Like, I, I moved to here and I haven't talked to any of my neighbors. Oh, yeah. I haven't talked to my neighbors at all. Like, the guy, the guy didn't even know my name. And I waved at him one time and being here for like, two months now well that's the weird thing it's like as as we progress which we're going to like as like as the human race technology is going to advance we're going to create better faster technologies than the ones before but one of the biggest things that and like you just said that i think benefits humanity is those close-knit relationships that's one of the reasons why i think like uh like native americans had it so dead on back in the days they mm-hmm. had these tiny uh well maybe not tiny in, in some uh aspects but basically these close-knit communities that would be there for generations that would just grow up together and be close-knit like that and now with the advent of like the internet and telephones and whatnot everybody's like in these individual little life pods where they're just doing their own thing and people are miserable because they don't have the same kind of connection and it's it's a problem because like you need to be able to healthily empathize Mm -hmm. with other people and i mean you see it on like twitter all day or i won't even i won't even uh, point out twitter exclusively like just the internet in Mm -hmm. general people can be so cruel to each other when they're sitting behind a screen on a keyboard and yeah and don't care like i would even i would even say like 75 percent of the things that are said on the internet if you were face to face with that other person you wouldn't say because you have a certain like there's there's body language there's a whole slew well, of things tone of voice yeah like, i mean and you know that there's there's also like the threat of violence if you say oh, something yeah. disrespectful well, like, like you remember what mike tyson said about everyone you know he said um you know people got way too com- or comfortable something like this with like uh yeah, disrespecting people and yeah, not getting not punched, getting punched in the face mouth, yeah. and that's been really true because imagine how many people sit there and it's like they'll make a comment and, and like i'm not in Again, I'm not like an overly huge guy, but it's like if you're sitting there face to face and you know you're if I say this, he might punch me in the face for this. Right. You're probably not gonna say it. You know, or at least mm-hmm. not around the person. They'll go and talk behind their back, like like what yeah, and as like weird as it sounds, but... that's actually healthy. Like that's good. It cause it shows yeah. it's it, if you were okay, if you were sitting in front of somebody and you were saying things that were so inflammatory and and like rude and disrespectful, like you should be ostracized because you need to learn that that's not the way that you interact with people well, we kinda, on a day-to-day well, basis. We, we got to be somewhat close to this because there's now that big conversation with hate speech and like, oh my gosh, you say something I disagree with. Like I can say it in the kindest way possible saying like, look, I disagree with this lifestyle choice. Or whatever. Like I can sit there and let's say I'm, I'm t- I, 
whatever. I can say drunkenness. Like, sure. like, I don't believe, I think drunkenness is an immoral lifestyle. We should, no people should be doing that. If you're somebody who like loves your alcohol though, you might sit there and say, oh my gosh, like, you know, I find that to be hate speech. It's mm -hmm. Now you're like, you want to almost commit violence because I just said that I think that's wrong. That would be a case where I'll say, like, no, I don't think that person should be ostracized. I'm like, you need help because you, you love your alcohol too much. Well, okay. Uh, I very loosely, and maybe I shouldn't have used ostracized, but, like, not ostracized from society, but maybe the conversation in general. Because, like, if you – but it goes back to our conversation on our last podcast about shame. Mm. If, you, if there's something that you're engaging in that is unacceptable in a what I'll define as a civilized society – then a healthy amount of shame towards that behavior, I don't see as a negative thing. Like if if you're if you're espousing Nazistic uh, ideologies, I want to shame you for it. Oh yeah, because that is a unacceptable frame of of uh, of reference for anything that we hold as valuable in this society. Absolutely. So uh, to a lesser extent, obviously not as extreme. Right. But if you're being like, if you're being rude or irrational or mean or like any, you're bullying or anything like that, I fully stand behind a certain level of shame towards that individual. Now, and again, everybody, I'm very libertarian on this as well, because like my personal views aren't exactly what I hold as like, I can say this. But I'm also like, eh, go live your life. Like, mm -hmm. I don't oh, care sure. what you do. If you're going to be rude and yada, 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 I'm just going to not associate with you. I'm yeah, just going to go that's... away. But there's also like, as a society, we need to be able to recognize those things because if everybody's saying like, oh, just go off it. Eventually, we're going to have this quadrant of people that's just like a horrible group to be around. And they're all on Twitter. <laughs> There's a lot of people on Twitter. I actually don't know even go on Twitter. Because one, I was like, I don't have anything worth saying that's less than 140 characters. Yeah, anyways. And number two, then it was like two or three stupid stuff. Like I, I had a pie today, and I'm like, nobody cares. You yeah, know, it's like, God. like you, you <laughs> but I guess this, the the idea is it, like when we go back to the shame concept, is I really like how I think the Asian cultures do it, where it's like you're almost shamed into good behaviors, like. You know, I bring shame upon the family. You right. not go out and misbehave. You need to be, you know, um, acting appropriate or in a way that's an or an honorable way in public, so as not to shame anybody. And, and if you do that, then like the whole culture shames you as like, how dare you act in such a way? And I think when we look at like morality in that regard, you know, a healthy level, like a small dose. I'm not saying like you know, just make someone want to kill themselves kind of shame, but. You know, a small does when someone goes out and they, they are, like you said, they are bullying, they are extremely disrespectful, especially to elders, like elderly individuals. Mm -hmm. Like if someone like you see like videos where some teenage kid walk up and punch an, an elderly man in the face or something like that, that should be a case. Of, yeah, they should get shamed for that. They should oh, yeah. be. Not, this, not I mean, too, shamed. You should go to jail. Oh, yeah. That. I mean, that you go to jail for. That's but, assault. <laughs> but yeah. So, but outside of the jail thing, yeah, the whole society should get on the end. Like, look, you can't treat an elderly individual. You respect them. There's a reason why people will look at, like, it's always like, you know, Chinese or Jap elderly Chinese or Japanese individuals. And everyone's always like, oh, they're such wise people. I'm like, yeah, because they respect their elders in that culture. They learn right. from their elders. So by the time they hit that age, like they just keep expounding on this wisdom and this understanding. So they have these really actually, to be honest, they have good philosophical quotes mm -hmm. usually. Like we still to this day, our U.S. military used it. 
um, the Art of War by yeah, Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. So, like, like he, I mean, obviously the guy was a military genius. Yeah. Like, first off, like he I've literally wrote the rule book on war. I've got that book at my house. I need to it's read. Great, it. It's a great, great book. But that's that's what I heard once. That's um in like uh our officer schools, like mm-hmm. uh, West Point. That's one of the books they read. Is they oh, read yeah. the Art of War, like you know, and and our U.S. That's what actually one of the things that won us World War Two was they implemented a lot of those tactics, especially on D Day. Because right. the one thing they point was, and I'm gonna you know paraphrase this. It was like basically if you throw your soldiers in a sen- in a way where they have no way to, where to go but forward, to die or go forward, you know then they'll take the day because they'll their desire to live will push them to overcome the obstacle. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, well that's what they did on D Day because when they dropped them off in that beach, it's a ten mile swim across a very dangerous channel back to England. Yeah, no, they ain't gonna do that swim. So it's basically. Either you're going to die in this beach, or you're going to take the objective, and we're going to take the beachhead. Right. And because of that, they took the beachhead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which also part- a lot of psychological stuff too, like ways of um, of like uh, fainting out the enemy and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, pretending that you're weak when you're actually strong, and pretending that you're strong when you're actually weak, and being able to like sidestep and 4D chess them out. It's actually, funnily enough, it's a lot of things that Trump does just in terms of just in terms. Sorry about that. That was my phone. Just in terms of think, even with dealing with like the media and social. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. Just go on. With <laughs> it's a, it, it's playing or something. I don't know what it's doing. I don't know. It's just preview. Anyways, whatever. Anyways, what you're saying. Sorry whatever. about that. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but a lot of ways that. Trump does the same kind of stuff. Like, we'll uh, we'll set things up so that uh, certain things happen, and then it ap- happens into his benefit. Like, a couple moves down the road. Anyway, I think it's he. You know, he does funny. a lot of this. I think I, I thought Trump was just funny into some of his trolling posts. Now, I'm not saying a president should do this. Like, I don't. I don't think how his necessarily how his mannerism was as a president is something that I think would be good for a political face, the face of the presidency or face of America. But with that being said, he had that quote. When remember when uh, it's still going on, but when global warming was like really because all the media talked about, and I want to say it was twenty the winter of twenty nineteen because here in Ohio we had like minus thirty minus thirty degree weather like with wind chill like we had just a really frigid um, winter here in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and I remember. Trump tweeted out like something like the Midwest sure could use some of that good old global warming. Couldn't yeah, they? Nice. And I, I just bust out loud. I thought it was a really funny thing, and and people freaked out about it. And I was like, God, that was just a joke. It was funny. Like I, I, <laughs> but he he was trolling all the climate change people, and they they hated it. Yeah, but a lot of the problem too is like, and I won't say this across the board for everybody, but uh, Trump kind of had that working class humor too. Yeah. Like you know, working in a factory. Yeah, like. It, things get pretty <laughs> they can get pretty blue collar let's say well, it's, it's the same way with people in the military too they have like yeah. actually believe it or not military in fact people have kind of similar sense of humor yeah yeah so it's, it's like that blue collar yeah, working people like don't give a don't care <laughs> like if you're offended be offended but actually the offense is kind of funny like everybody kind of jibes each other and if you can, you got skin thick enough, you're kind of in the group. Yeah, you know? or, or you just grow thicker skin. Yeah, exactly. You like, either, I've seen... You either I've get seen, out of the group or you grow thicker Because It's funny, because I've seen people in military and in factory have, from all different backgrounds, you have, whether it be the white, the black, Hispanic, gay mm-hmm. people, you know, Christians, Muslims, everyone, a, a, you know, atheists, and they will all, you know, essentially, 
take jabs at each other, yeah. whatever. And there's just thing of skin we can laugh about. If a guy makes a good one, you try to you trying to one up his jab on you. Yeah. It's like he jabs you, you jabs something back better, and then they both just laugh like, "All right, that's exactly. good." Buddy. And, exactly. and that's what it is. No one's really getting like overly offended. No. Or you find out this guy's super sensitive. It does one of two things: either people really just try to be polite and not do it, or you do what sometimes I have an issue with doing. You become the target. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, this guy's gonna get really offended if I say this. I'm gonna just take a little jab at him, yeah. just to get a reaction. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, like, if you become kind of emotionless in that regard, let's say it really does offend you, but you don't show emotion. They'll do it one or two times. They won't say anything after that. Right. Like, oh, that's not funny. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, you know? exactly. So if you can learn to be emotionless about something like this stuff, not to be like emotionless, but right. not to show reaction when you're upset about something. People actually tend just to leave you alone. Really to regard. understand that it's not in any serious way. Like yeah. we make we make a joke, okay? And and it's in, in some terms could be seen as offensive. If you're actually offended, just don't show that you're offended and it won't happen again. Like in a lot yeah. of cases, or like like it really is like you're having fun and we want you in the group. Mm-hmm. Like if everybody can like throw jabs and and back barbs back and forth, it really and everybody breaks out laughing. There's no better feeling to be honest. You're all like having a good time. Everybody knows it's not serious. You're just trying to pass the time and get through the day. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a good feeling, but nobody wants to be around that the that, that uh, tight like. Oh my God, like I gotta go like complain about this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go up to HR about Yeah, this. I gotta go tell HR about this thing. Cause first off, nobody was serious and yeah. we don't mean any real offense. We're just having a good time <laughs> at your expense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think to an extent with people like that, if um if it really does bother you, like if something like like I would never even take a jab at somebody's like religion or their like something they hold hold as like a core belief. I don't usually go after that. I think that's kind of a low blow. But, you know, to go after some like, superficial things, like you made a mistake at work, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to hear about that. Well, or, a lot of the time, too, and it's probably, I don't know if it's the same for you, but you'll start off with, like, smaller jokes. Yeah. You, like, yeah. think, like, lighter kind of, like, little barbs that you can feel like, oh, well, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then if they kind of, maybe the first couple of times they won't react, or they'll give slight little barbs back. If they give slight little barbs back, you know it's on. Yeah, like, it is. That's you're like, okay, all right. Like, it's, like if we're going to take a jab at something that's a pretty core belief in that, you need to know that person very well. Right. Yeah, like, I'm not just going first time to take a jab at something. I'm like, oh, I know this guy holds this as a really core belief to him. I'm going to just stab it right in the heart with that. Right. Like, that's not going to happen. No. I'm like, like, everyone's going to be like, especially if you don't have any rapport with that person. Right. You're just going to be like, Dude, you're just a drill jerk. Why would you? Come I and say I also that? Yeah, won't like, continue if it doesn't come back. Like yeah, if yeah, they're not right. if they're not sending it back, I'm not gonna just be like all day like ha ha, ha, ha. Yeah. like no. I'm just gonna like I'll I'll give a little bit, little bit. But then if nothing like if they're not on the same like humorous wavelength as me, I'll just be like, all right, like you're you're just a normal person. Then I guess we'll just talk about normal life. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. I, I, well, like when we first met at work, we didn't really take jabs at each other. We just had to start having debates. Yeah, like, there's did. two ways I'll do things at work. I will take a jab yeah. with some, at a couple, there's only a couple people I'll do it to, but most people, if I start talking, I'll do small talk and usually it'll somehow or another, I'll try, I'll try to extend. And if you think you, or you want to have a conversation or something deeper, like a debate or whatever, and we disagree on something, it's usually theological and basis for me. 
Yeah, I'm all, all all day. Like, yeah, I will spend an entire shift at work and we have- talking the same topic. And we have, and we, or we did before you you betrayed us. Yeah, left. left. <laughs> but but no, um, yeah, I oops, if um, but yeah, I was I will spend a whole shit. I just told my brother in law today. I was on the phone with him, and I was like, look, honestly, I'll be honest with you, just me personally. If you want to have a con- have a twelve hour conversation with me. Let's talk theology. Like, I, will, I will sit here for 12 hours and just talk and just talk about it. And just, 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 you know, throw one idea back. Yeah. Some stuff will get, I even start talking with someone. I'm like, I'm not even sure if this is like, you know, biblically accurate. It's just, just like a what if situation. Like, what if this is what these could, could mean? Normally, if you're far off, it's like, nah, because these over here, these verses say otherwise. But it's like every once in a while, you'll hit something you're like, and I'm not going to ever teach this because, you know, someone's going to call it heretical. But it's like, you could have to be on to something there. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just some stuff we're just like, you'll, you'll probably never know. You'll find out in, in the kingdom one day. Um, otherwise, it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of fun sometimes to sit right. there and be like, what? Because I, I mean, this, I, you know, you know what I, I will say. So don't take this seriously. This is definitely not like a thing I would ever teach if you're like, the hypothetical. It's a hypothetical, but I was like, I thought exercise. I thought once because I read I read the Star of Genesis about the seven day creation. And it says on the seventh day God rested, and then it goes back in. It's like a it goes and talks about him creating man in the fall and all that stuff, and then it goes on to you know history. Um, and I got to think one day I was like, what if you know there's the creation of everything, but the seventh day says God rested, but I don't. But if you read it, it's like it's like I I kind of thought I was like I don't think God really rests until. You enter your place of rest, talks about, I think, in Hebrews. Talks about entering your place of rest, and that doesn't really happen until you die. And then you enter, when your race complete, you enter that rest, which, you know, I was making, could make an argument at the end of Revelations when all things are remade now the way God originally intended. Now this is like his rest. It's like, would it be an out, would it be outside the realm of possibility to think that it's not, we shouldn't read like the seven day creation and then the Bible starts, but like, you you have to start your creation when he created man. Let's just say sake of argument. I, I don't. I'm not saying this is accurate. Like the after the fifth day, the fifth day is when he created like mankind. Would it be? Uh, We're still in that. Would it be like day. like like? Because the good thing is God is outside of time, mm-hmm. so he's not bound to time like we are. So for him, he could say you know days one through seven, but he's out because he's outside of it. We could be we're inside of time. So it's like if the fourth day, for example, or let's say the sixth day, just for sake of argument. So let's say after the sixth day he is when the whole Bible is taking place. Like we're in the middle of the sixth day. You know, God sounds it's his perspective of the seventh day when I rested is when I make all things new. That's now my work is uh, That's know, an done. interesting viewpoint because it also kind of coincides with a lot of like um, the meshing of like theology and evolutionary theory. Because if because I've heard um, arguments to the point that those days didn't necessarily mean days but Mm. meant like spans of time where like you know it goes through the list of the creatures that were created and whatnot which kind of fall in line with like how uh evolution was supposedly happened with the the oceans the the creatures in the oceans and the land animals like that's supposedly how that evolutionary process progressed i'll say this i don't i don't i kind of i don't believe in evolution let's just call it what it is but I will say this in that regard, it does say, I, I think it's in Second Peter somewhere, where it says a day unto the Lord is as of a thousand years to us. It basically, I don't think Peter's saying directly, 
is one day is like a th- one day equals a thousand years because people have drawn that conclusion. And, and but I'm like, that's not what Pierce said. Pierce said one day is as like of a thousand years. So he's just drawing a, a metaphor saying it's like basically saying God one day to God is not equal to say one day to us. It's like if it's a day to the Lord, it could be a thousand years. Let's say it's two thousand years. The point the point is if the Lord says, Hey, um, it took me seven days, it's like, well, I don't really know in God's terms what seven days is because he's outside of time. So in that regard, is I don't really. So we have these arguments: how old is the earth? I don't know. You know, there are some people who say it's you know it's sixty six hundred years old. Some and you go say oh it's millions, oh it's billions. It's like really nobody knows how old the earth is. But you could still okay. But still in that regard, if the Bible said that on you know a certain day this was created, and then a certain day this is created, and these mm-hmm. are living creatures, and you can acquiesce to the point that those may have not been certain days but creatures that were existing and being created within those ages well then you kind of do believe in evolution to a certain extent because like that's the progression of things being created and you know we live in a biological world we live like and you believe in small scale adaptation just not i do do. okay so good that okay let's take that then because the problem is with a lot of evolutionary people, when I have listened to them and have talked to them, et cetera, et cetera, they, they you know, they, they seem to believe in this macro evolution. I don't believe in macro, but I do believe in micro. Like, I believe you animals adapt to their environments. I believe you take, you know, humans adapt to our environments. Like, if you live in whatever, um, to an extent at least, like, if you live in, like, a desert region, mm-hmm. and now I throw you in a more luscious, like, um, let's just take the uh, Fertile Valley in, in a... Um, like Iraq or something like that. Sure, you know. So if you grew up in the in the complete in the desert and you learn how to survive there, and I threw you into, you know, this area 